Welcome to this episode of the VML Voice, featuring a conversation recorded in the town of Ashland on November 9th of this year. They say that any joke that requires explanation isn't worth telling, but I'm going to break that rule right now. For any listeners who aren't aware, the town of Ashland was nicknamed the center of the universe by its enthusiastic former mayor, Dick Gillis, who served from 1977 to 1990 and passed away in October of 2001. The nickname, Center of the Universe, however, is very much alive and has been embraced by the town. Heck, they've even got a Center of the Universe brewery. So with that bit of explanation out of the way, let's dive in. Hello, it's the VML Voice, the official podcast of the Virginia Municipal League. I'm your host, Rob Bullington. You know, a lot of people, Richard Branson, Elon Musk, are spending a lot of money and time trying to get into outer space. But I'm here to tell you it only took me 25 minutes up I-95 to get to the center of the universe. I'm speaking, of course, of the town of Ashland, Virginia. And I'm sitting in the brand new town hall, which I guess is the center of the center of the universe. And I'm speaking with some folks here, including the guy whose desk sits at the center of the center of the center of the universe, town manager Josh Farrar. I've also got with me Pam Scruggs, who's the proposal manager for PMA Architecture, and Ingrid Stenborn, who is the town engineer for the town of Ashland. Thank you all for being with me today. We're here to talk about the new town hall. And I guess the first thing I need to ask Josh is, what was wrong with the old town hall? <laughs> uh, in short, everything. Uh, <laughs> I can't obviously expand on that, but um, literally every system of the old town hall was failing us uh, from an infrastructure perspective. And then it generally wasn't meeting the needs of the community as well from a customer service perspective. Um, and just functionally, we couldn't even fit all our staff into the old building. So certainly a good time for a change. So was there a particular moment, um, and Ingrid, feel free to jump in here too. Was there a particular moment for the two of you when you thought this needs to change? Like, was there a, a particularly egregious thing about the old town hall where like, you know, something fell on you or <laughs> got locked out and couldn't get back in? Like most public projects, we'd been thinking about it for a long time. And so it had been a project that was, um, we understood that we needed to work on, but, there came a point in the mid-teens, so 2014, 15, 16, where the building started to deteriorate a little bit more. We had sides of the building sinking into the ground. And then I think the one that we, we use most often as the example is uh, one of the areas where one of our administrative assistant sets had leaking from the roof. And the temporary solution we had was basically to put a funnel and uh, funnel all the rainwater into a plant. And so that was pretty descriptive of the issues we were dealing with in the old town hall. It sounds a lot like the place I lived, senior New York College, um, <laughs> yeah, the rental property I had. Ingrid, how about for you? Was What was it like in the old town hall and what, what led you to think that I really need to push these people to get me a new place to work? Well, one thing was uh, that we didn't have space for the engineering department at all. At one time, five or six of us were squeezed into a, an office that later just became Josh's office. And um, and we moved over to uh, the old fire station. When the fire department built a new building, we moved over there. And, and that was... Uh, <laughs> That was from when the day I started work here in 2005, <laughs> where we had that problem. But we had lots of problems, and we looked at many solutions, including expanding outward and upward, mm -hmm. and neither of those were viable for a number of reasons. Okay, and so it sounds like, too, that not only was the building falling apart, but you didn't even have enough room for the staff 
and you were sort of spread out over different locations. Not an ideal situation. Yes. I'm assuming that was kind of confusing for, for residents of, or citizens in the town of Ashland who wanted to go get something done. They didn't know exactly where to go to do that. Very I'll much look. so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, Pam, who's here from um, the PMA Architecture, which I should also give a shout out, is a, a community business member of Virginia Municipal League, which we're very thankful for. Thank you, Pam. Absolutely. Thank you, PMA. Um, at what point was PMA Architects brought into the project? How were they selected? And um, and how did you get wrapped into this this project? The city had put out a request for a proposal. So they, they realized they had this problem with their town hall and they needed a design team to come in and help them study it um, and come up with some, some solutions, work with their community. So we responded to that. The town had a an interview team, I, I, I recall being at the interview, and there was at, at least one, maybe two members of the town, citizens there that were a part of that process. Um, we had a chance to present to them, and in the end, they talked to several firms, and they, they chose PMA to lead them in this project. Um, that f- Following that, there was a public engagement phase where our design team came out. In fact, I believe we brought almost our whole office <laughs> up to Ashland, and we sat down, we talked with the team, um, and presented some ideas to the, to the citizens there and had a really great exchange, and that was just the beginning of, of our work together and how it all got started. And has PMA done sort of similar projects for other localities in Virginia? We have. In fact, we're doing similar work right now with uh, Waynesboro. Okay. Also with Nelson County. Mm-hmm. Our team actually just presented to their board of supervisors on Monday um, a plan for some of their local government offices. So we've we've been doing this kind of work, um, gosh, at least 30 years. And mm-hmm. from a planning perspective, even longer than that. I know that the residents of Ashland were sort of attached to the old town hall. How did you navigate the process of convincing the town that this was a worthwhile endeavor and and worth the expense? That that was a critical element of this. And we knew that um, even though we knew all the problems with the existing building, that we had to educate the public. And so that was an important element of, of it. And then bring them along with us throughout the entire process. So understanding the failures of the old building the need for a new building, but then also really working with the community to get the design elements of what they want in the new facility right. And that was one of the reasons that um, we went with PMA is they have a track record of doing municipal buildings. And um, for those who don't work in government, that is a very different thing than just building a a corporate building. Uh, When you have to involve the community in design, it gets a little bit messier, a little bit more difficult, uh, but in the end, it ended up being a great product. So PMA was directly involved in sort of this outreach to the to the community, this engagement. Absolutely. Initially, prior to the, the public engagement session we had with the community, there was a whole study done on the existing town hall building to understand what the problems were and what kind of opportunities or barriers might be present in that building to solve them. Um, so we, we met in a school and it gave, gave a chance for the community members to come in and ask all their questions. They wanted to know things like, well, you know, can we just fix these problems? Would it be cheaper just to try and do some repairs and we can keep our building? We love it. The cupola on it is sort of iconic in the town. Um, but the design team had already gone through the process with professional structural engineers, mechanical engineers, to really define and illustrate what those 
challenges were with the old building and what it would take to restore it. And it would have been a lot. Mm -hmm. And like Josh mentioned, that opportunity to educate the public on what was learned from the professional standpoint was very helpful, I think, in the decision making that Josh and the rest of his team had to do um, in taking that big step, that bold step that they took to decide they really needed to invest. How long of a timeline are we talking about between sort of engaging PMA and knowing that you could move forward to the project because the citizens were on board? I don't. Do you remember, Pam? It was, like, <laughs> it was, I say it was a year. I want to say it was about a year because yeah. there, were, there was a study, there was a report, there was analysis, there was the design team then collecting all that information and developing different alternative solutions that would be presented. Once those were presented in this community engagement session, the town had to do their own thinking and they had to process what had been learned, what their community was telling them. I know Josh had mentioned and, and Matt, um, your, your deputy uh, town manager and finance manager, that there were at least 12 public meetings. Mm, so okay. the community was right. really interested in which way the project was going to go, not only were we going to build a new building or fix the old building? But um, what was the new building going to look like? Mm-hmm. How big was it going to be? Would it be two stories? Would it be one story? Would it? Would it? How would it represent their town and their history here? They cared about a lot of aspects yeah. of the project. Yeah. And well, so I should know the answer to this. What happened to the old building? It was demolished. It, right now, it is a uh, permeable paver parking lot to help okay. us meet our so storm right, goals. So it's right out in the parking lot where I, I parked this yep. morning. Yep. Huh. Was that a painful process for the town to watch the old town hall get torn down before there was a new one? I think so. There are a lot of folks who had a lot of good memories in there. There may be yeah. some who have some bad memories as well. But um, again, it was an iconic building. In did you community. get the beer funnel out before you demolished it? <laughs> we did to get okay, the beer good, funnel good. out, good. yes. Yeah, and we saved a lot of bricks, too. Yeah. So we've oh, kind yeah. of tried right. to use that as commemorative gifts and things like that and give it to former council members who had a, a say in that particular building. So it certainly was difficult for the community. Okay. Time for a little break from our conversation to let you know that the VML Voice is made possible thanks to the generous support of Virginia Housing, investing in the power of home to help Virginia communities thrive. This podcast is also supported by Dominion Energy, committed to serving their customers and the communities where we all live and work. And now, let's rejoin our conversation after I've just asked town engineer Ingrid Stenborn whether Ashland's residents had any strong feelings about the demolition of the iconic Old Town Hall. The community was really interested in the demolition of the building. We had an audience out here every day during demolition. And very interestingly, the Old Town Hall had a jail in it, and that wouldn't that didn't come down with the rest of the building because the technique that they were using to remove the building wasn't powerful enough to take down the jail. So it stood for about another week after the building had been removed. Another thing I wanted to say about community engagement is that even during the the plan and design development phase, we had uh, individuals on the committee who were coming to these, these progress meetings who were citizens who were i mean one of them became the vice mayor (laughs) (laughs) now i'm assuming pma architecture doesn't work for free you have mouths to feed 
And I'm also assuming that since the Powerball lottery winner was in California, you weren't counting on that to pay for the project. How did you pay for the new town hall? Uh, we explored a few options uh, to include taking out debt through bonds, but the best avenue for us ended up being just a private bank loan. Yeah. And so we uh, put out, with a, assistance of our financial advisors, Davenport, put out a, a request for proposals for that as well and ended up, the first time we did it, landed with BB&T at 20-year note, great terms. And then a year later, just because the market was the way it was, we actually refinanced and are now with Chase Bank for 1.99%. Right. So sometimes the most obvious path is the best way forward. Right. Huh? Yeah. Um, so we've got the money. We've got the, the design. We've got citizen buy-in. Um, I'd love to talk for a minute about the construction process. Ingrid, you're the town engineer. Um, I guess I should clarify that we're in a town that's very famous for the trains rolling through the center of town, but you're not that kind of engineer. You're the kind <laughs> that people might look to to actually be part of the construction of the new town hall. What was what was your role in the in the in the process? To, uh, how did you work with PMA to to help make this happen for the town? Well, uh, we had um, we had hired you know some construction. Uh, Inspection and engineering, C C I E, uh-huh. uh, to to oversee the real nuts and bolts. But um, it was me and my team who really brought all the consultants together, all the cons- you know all the construction contractors together, and um, just made sure everybody was dotting their eyes and crossing their t's. We had regular progress meetings. We had um, you know. We worked with um, with PMA and um, and the their consulting engineer that was part of their team, Timmons Group, mm-hmm. and also um, a VML member. I yes, <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know we just made sure everything was running smoothly. That's um, fortunately we had PMA and Timmons to really be in the nuts and bolts of it, mm-hmm. so that. Um, so that we got to make the higher level decisions from an engineering standpoint, and uh, and and they got it done. And so, as far as the design, um, the PMA's role, like, what were some of the things that the, the the town staff and officials and the residents asked for that, in your mind, are, are kind of cool or kind of stand out? There are so many things. Um, as I mentioned, I was involved in the beginning with the initial proposal and with the. A public engagement session that was done with the town. After that, I pulled out and the design team did their work. So my first time to actually come inside this building was a few weeks ago. I came out, I met with Josh and Ingrid, and Josh took me on a tour through the building. And that was when it really came alive to me, the many things that were customized about the building and the way that people work here inside this building. Things like... Ingrid and her team, they may be going out on field visits. They may be testing water samples. They come back here, they might have muddy boots. They might have ridden a bike to that job site. They need a place to put the bike. They need a place to put the muddy boots. They need a place to test the water and kind of clean up afterwards. And this building has so many features designed around that specific job function. There's a mudroom for that. There's storage for this shared bike that they use. There's a place specifically designed for water testing. There's a bathroom with a shower. If that individual even needs to shower after field work, they have a place to do that. Conveniently, they also have a gym upstairs. And wow. so it has a double, right. double purpose. But 
Another small thing I learned about yesterday, we were chatting about this project actually with Katie Stodgel, who did a lot of the interior design work and furniture selection and oversaw the installation of the furniture. We were looking at a photograph of one of the desks in the planning department. And she was pointing out that part of this desk has a wide area where you can review full-size architectural and engineering plans. They're 24 by 36. Mm -hmm. They're large, larger than a typical desk. And she commented that in the past, the team thought, well, this is just, we just have to deal with this. The plans kind of fall off the desk and you work around it and you get your work done. She said, we don't have to live like that. You don't have to do that. We can have furniture made just for what you do that Mm -hmm. works for your job whether it's you or someone else 10 years down the road. Um, So that's just a small example of one of the features of the building. Another that I know Josh mentioned is one of the most used spaces in the building is their mini uh, office conference room right Mm -hmm. off of the main lobby. So if you have a, a resident come in with a question, maybe it's a tax question or something sensitive in nature, maybe they need to chat with a town attorney, that staff member can be invited to the conference room. That resident can be invited to step just a door down. They meet each other in there, take care of business, and you don't need to have citizens getting lost in the building or wandering around in the building um, where your staff is. You can keep those places isolated, yet have a really professional, convenient friendly sunlit room mm-hmm. um, to chat with your customers. The, and what you just mentioned about residents coming, I'm assuming that the same is true for, say, um, business owners or economic development prospects, you know, that instead of bringing them into this decrepit building, you're able to bring them into this sort of like bright, shiny building that right. like presents better. hundred yeah. percent. I mean, that, that is, we had a big heart for the old building because it was important to the community. Mm-hmm. But from a, just to be honest, it was slightly embarrassing to bring prospects <laughs> there when you're walking through a building that has cracks in the wall yeah. and just a lot of features that um, don't present as a community that has their act together. It, it has an effect. And so to move over here, we're a hundred percent proud to bring everyone here and, you know, have the facilities necessary to meet here as well. So easy access to um, conference rooms and offices that actually can accommodate a meeting space. It sounds simple, but that's the stuff you have to design for. Yeah. And um, what have you heard from residents so far? Largely positive. Um, I think the, the building as it exists now is starting to become more owned by the community uh-huh. and they're, they're getting exciting about it. I think I mentioned in another conversation that it started to show up in like custom prints that people do of like iconic Ashland buildings. Yeah. So the acceptance is there with any new project. You're always going to have those who don't like change. And so that did exist at, at the beginning. And from my perspective, the real change started when the landscaping went in. Hmm. And so people can see this structure and this kind of large structure in a sea of concrete or in front of a road and don't quite get the feel that we were going for. But once that landscaping went in, it really started to say, oh, that's a welcoming place. That's a more attractive place than I may have just thought of as the building itself. Yeah, and there's a lot of fantastic natural light in mm-hmm. this building too, I noticed, just walking around. That was an important part of this. And I, I think they, PMA did a good job of trying to bring it into the design Natural light was important, but we also were looking at it from kind of a a more theoretical perspective of transparency. We wanted glass. We wanted openness. We wanted the ability for people to see in. um, And that was important. And so it's an interesting conversation to have because in today's world, transparency and openness with access to things is great. And everyone loves that idea. But there's also a lot of concern about 
active shooters and safety of staff. And then COVID comes in and you have to quarantine everything off. And so we did have that little tug of war of how can we be open but also protect our people. And so we had to design to that as well. Oh, can I add a couple of things to how has the community accepted it? And I talked to Pam and Sarah about this before, is we see a lot of different kinds of groups out here taking photos. Oh, yeah? Everyone from weddings to people modeling clothing, like models modeling clothing. And the other day, there was a young man dressed up in a karate outfit or martial arts outfit. And a guy was out there shooting pictures of him right in front of the main doors. Did you see that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so people never did that in right. front of the old town hall. <laughs> if anything, they said, let's turn so the town hall is not in the picture. <laughs> were, were there elements of this process or this project, um, Pam, that – that you were like, that really worked. We should definitely do that again on our next project, or we should definitely offer that as an option to somebody else we're going to be working with. Oh, definitely. One of the things talked a lot about in our office, and and I mean, Josh mentioned it too when I asked him about, what's your favorite part of the building? It's that pass-through room. It's that having a place where the staff member can come mm-hmm. and meet with that business person or that citizen that has a question and a professional friendly setting where you're not mixing the public and the Mm -hmm. staff portions of the building there's it's specific it's such a small um such a small thing but i think it makes a big difference in how the building functions it protects the safety of the staff it gives it gives that resident or business person a very comfortable place Mm -hmm. to sit and wait for that staff member to come and greet them um, it's a small thing, but that's that's definitely something that I think was done very well. And I think that the the public engagement piece was done really well. It was really important, I know, to Josh and Matt and Ingrid and the rest of their team from the very beginning. Uh, Jeff Stodgel, who leads our firm, talked a lot about that, how that was very a very prominent part of the project from the beginning. As Josh mentioned, there were people in the town that cared a lot about this project. Not everybody was a fan of the change. Mm -hmm. And bringing them along with the project and the the decisions that were being made, um, Ingrid didn't mention it, but the town on their website, they were posting progress videos Mm -hmm. all along the way. There were time-lapse videos of construction. So in addition to meeting with the townspeople in person, they were sharing on their website, they were taking video, they were bringing it up in sessions with their town council meetings that were publicized. And so there was a lot of opportunity, I think, for engagement. I don't think anybody in the town can say we weren't included or I I didn't know what was going on. Um, And I think the idea when we talk about the light and the transparency and all of the windows in the building really echoes that sentiment mm. that you brought into the project from the beginning, Josh. I mean, that that was the goal from the beginning. Yeah. And so, you know, when you can have an idea and a concept and then, you know, smart people to put that into action, it, it worked out great. And, you know, I mean, I'll just say it. My, my office is right on the front of the building, wide window right into my office. Come on, peek in. Right. And a 
really wonderful part of this building is the front has an overhang and we put a bunch of Adirondack chairs in front of them and it's kind of the community's front porch. We get a lot of folks who come after a bike ride mm-hmm. to sit there, hang out. They'll have little mini meetings, right? It's another location where citizens can come just to have a little mini meeting and oh, while you're at it, you know, peek in on the town manager and see what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, from the beginning of the project, the town had this idea they wanted to to retain their ability to host their farmer's market hmm. on or near this site. In fact, in one of the earlier renderings, I was I just came across it yesterday, was a rendering of our design of the town hall, alive with some activity and farmer's market activity in front of the building. And I was looking at alongside an actual photograph that was taken on a Saturday afternoon here in Ashland, I believe it was last fall. Um, the farmer's market was in full swing. It was very similar angle to our rendering. It was amazing how close that vision came to what actually was produced here. But I love how this building was sited on the property that Ashland already owned and created that space for that to happen. The permeable paver parking lot, as Ingrid mentioned, it, it helps satisfy your environmental requirements, but it's also beautiful. So before we wrap up, I just want to make a note because um, it's come up a couple times in the conversation. And I know that, Josh, you also serve as the chair of the supervisory board for the Virginia Risk Sharing Association. Um, can you talk about this project through the lens of risk management? Sure. Obviously, environmental health would be one of mm-hmm. the big ones is protecting our employees was a primary focus. That I, I have no doubt that that building had mold in it. There, I don't can't say it was right there, but I, there's no doubt in my mind. So that's obviously a risk management element of it. Um, safety, right? So we have a one-point customer service desk mm-hmm. and then limited access to the back uh, where the staff are. And that was not the case in the old building. Uh, we had a lot of just knocking and opening of hallway doors <laughs> uh, because – the building was such a Frankenstein of a monster that no one knew where things went. And so citizens would just come through um, wherever they wanted. And that not only was a little bit of a lack of professionalism for staff, it was a safety issue. You had just random folks walking through the offices of town hall. And so from a risk management perspective, that was important. Um, and then there's just, you know, the other elements of what a new building can bring to you, um, you know, from a uh, financial perspective, a lot more, uh, how would I say it, uh, protected areas where money, checks, those types of things are stored that, again, don't have direct access to the public where they can just open the door. Um, and so all those things were designed for, right, is to not only how can we make this a functional building but a safe building and all the elements of risk that there would be. Right. So anybody that was like thinking about robbing the town of Ashland, you missed your window. Too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much so. And honestly, we have about $200 cash in the building. So it's you're wasting your time. Okay. Well, okay. Well, but I should also mention, though, that um, the town recently rolled out free uh, public Wi-Fi downtown. That's obviously a cool thing. I mean, do you get a sense from the community that the town's kind of taken off a little bit in terms of what it's offering residents? I mean, I certainly like to think so. Okay. But yeah. I think the residents are saying a lot of the same things. We've also kind of at the same time within the last two years hired a community engagement manager. Okay. So in addition to the cool things we're doing, we actually have someone who knows how to talk about it and get it out to the public in mm-hmm. ways that is relevant to them rather than us just sending out a newsletter or something like that. She's amazing at what she does. So, yes, we have a lot of cool projects that the community is excited about, but we're also communicating about them in a much better way. All right. So last question, and you can each answer, and this is an opinion question because i know that no single person in this room would have control over this but will the town logo be changed to remove the old town hall 
It already has. (laughs) (laughs) Was it a good decision? Well, yeah. Well, I see that, I, yes. but I know when I did a search online, I could still find the old one. But I guess that that takes a while for that. Yeah, to we haven't had all right. that roll off, and we yeah. still have you know even some old uniforms and old vehicles that sure. have the old logo on them. But yeah, we we went through actually before the town hall, a little bit before the town hall, we went through a rebranding process okay. and have landed on a more um, I would say attractive but also generic A that didn't have specific elements of the community in it. That if they change, you have to change your logo. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, and do you think it was a good move? Everybody's happy so, with the new logo? The logo? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I, I'm one of the people who was attached to the old one. Uh, but uh, <laughs> see, this is what I was looking for, a little back and forth. Yes. But, okay. but understand that it was no longer applicable. Yeah. When Because that was a big part of the old logo. Yeah. And yeah. the re- good news is the rebranding process was also done through a public process. So uh-huh. it's not just Josh and someone in a room deciding, I like this better. Let's get rid of that old one. It was bring experts together from your community who both value the community but have some level of graphic design or branding or whatever expertise, and they were able to help us come up with the new logo, the new brand. And so um, I'm proud of that, that it's a public process that led us to where we are today. And Pam, are you sad that your your firm's building isn't like on the logo for the town of Ashland? <laughs> Was that part of the original discussion? Like, well, we're going to get our building on the logo. Now. Well, I might have offered an alternative option. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, Josh, Ingrid, Pam, thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Congratulations on the new town hall and um, good luck to all of you. Thanks a lot. Thank, thank you. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of the VML Voice. It was wonderful to be in Ashland, and I encourage everyone to stop by and check out the town next time you find yourself near the center of the universe, or at least the center of Virginia. Thanks again to Jeff, Pam, and Ingrid for a fantastic conversation, and to our sponsors, Virginia Housing and Dominion Energy, for their support. We'll be back soon with another episode on another topic about how local governments do the work that make the Commonwealth work for everyone. And now, here is this episode's VML, Voice of Reason. The community was really interested in the demolition of the building. We had an audience out here every day during demolition. 